So ever since then, I wanted, I, I promised that if I saw a Zoom employee, like, you know, they have employees with like the Zoom shirts walking around. If I ever saw someone with a Zoom shirt on like a plane, I'd just kick them off the plane. And um, that's not a threat. That's a promise. I just really hate Zoom. I hate Zoom with all my heart. But let's make this a positive learning experience, right? Hey everybody, welcome to episode four. Today we're gonna to be talking about customer experience and more importantly, Mitch's experience with Zoom. The human behind the machine, products we may want to build in the future in the framework competition. You're gonna to get to be the judge of some of our design. Let's get into it. Speaking of quality issues, um, can I tell you a little yeah, story first? Yeah, can I, can I okay, go? Okay, go, go. Okay, so I... Uh, I went to go download episode three from Zoom, like the pre like the recordings that go to the cloud. That's where we store all the things. So we don't want to have the storage on our computer. Like I don't need that because you don't need zip drives anymore, right? I don't. I don't. What I don't know what a CD is. I don't. I don't know what all that shit is. So I store it to the cloud because that's what we do nowadays in the hip uh, millennial era. And when I went to download it, the file was much smaller than usual, and the quality was half the quality and i know we just both got opal cameras and they're amazing quality but then i'm like why is this not working and it turns out that there was some sort of issue with zoom where it reduced the quality so for those who are listening you're probably not going to see uh the podcast until we can get pretty good quality and maybe the first couple episodes won't be video they'll just be audio and we do want to eventually have youtube videos of, of the podcast stuff too so eventually we're going to get all the the video stuff up, but we want to at least get the backdrops good and whatever and make it look pretty so people can actually like enjoy watching us, not just listening to our beautiful, sexy voices. But I, I was, uh, you know, uh, like I was really mad. I was like, what the hell? Like I, we, we have HD set on the desktop app. What's going yeah. on? And so that's the whole reason why I'm telling you this. This is actually really important. So I contact them. I'm furious. I am so mad because this is the second time something horrible has happened to the quality of something that we really needed to be high quality. And this uh, woman named Rebecca, yes. but I'm sure it's not her name. I'm sure they have like a pseudonym or something, like some sort of anonymous, anonymous like code name or something. Rebecca, which uh, you know now I I've created a relationship with, and I want to explain a little bit more about this. So right, uh, I contacted her. I have the whole chat saved, so maybe we'll, we'll like release it. But I was like coming in, I'm like, this sucks. I, I'm so mad. I, I'm like trying to like get a hold of somebody. It wasn't even helping me. And then when I finally get to you, you don't understand the problem. I'm so mad. I can't get my quality. I just recorded some things. So I'm, I'm going off on this girl in the chat, right? So if you know Zoom, you have to pay a premium for certain features, but then you have to pay an additional premium if you want like phone call service which is ridiculous because that's like baseline for every product you can call them or like most of them just email the second level is like chat which is like live you know in in real in real time and then the third is like you speak to somebody you hear their their voice and you have like that that more of a connection with them and the fourth would be like video chat or even have them come in person because you can see their body language so i'm on chat with this this person and she is like trying her best to help me. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? And she goes, oh, here's the problem. You set HD on the desktop app, but you didn't set HD to the cloud, like the website. And I was like, wait, 
So you're telling me in the settings of Zoom, if you set HD quality, it doesn't actually save it unless you go into the web version and click save as HD quality to the cloud. So I lost my marbles. I went to... Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, okay. okay. No indication, no nothing in the UI. Like The no UI user... had nothing. No user experience that actually indicates anything. No no notice, no information, no no, no information icon that like you can hover over and cl- or click and it has like a popover. Nothing. It just says, say, you know, HD. That's all it says, HD and then checkbox. So I clicked it. And... <laughs> so and the person yeah. that you that yeah. the user testing on that then they like you would expect okay let's be happen. real they don't do user testing period they can't there's not i can you can prove it because you can see how bad the quality is of zoom and how everyone hates it right but i hate it for, for many reasons and i'll tell you another story about that in a minute but this, this is all going to lead to something really important okay. so uh so Finally, she's like, I can enable it for you automatically, you know, whatever. And I was like, and I was just so, I was steaming. I was like, just like vomiting anger on this poor woman in a chat. And then I, I, I go to, I go to uh, namecheap.com. Shout out to our not sponsors, Namecheap. And I buy the domain zoom.com. And I screenshot that and I send it to her. And I'm like, I am so <laughs> mad at you, but it's not really you. It's Zoom. And I'm sorry. And she goes, I totally understand. And then I said, you know, the situation why, you know, we're kind of doing this. And she goes, oh, no, now I understand. Uh, but what what are you kind of doing with this? You know, I, I told her we're podcasting. And she goes, oh, that's cool. Um, but you're like a designer or something? Because I mentioned that. And she goes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a designer, you know, whatever. And she goes, like designing bags, right? I'm like, no, 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 like designing software, like Zoom. And she was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. She goes, I want to go into the IT section of, of creating software and whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. This is cool. Cool chat. And she, and then I, I sent her uh, the cohort link to our Maven site. And she, she looked at it and she sent back a screenshot of my face. She goes, it's you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. She actually did go to it. I was just, I was just putting into the void, see if she would do it. I don't know if she signed up yet. Or if she ever going to sign, I don't think it's really something she wants to. But I created a relationship. I created a relationship with this person that I never met, never knew, don't even know her real name, probably don't even know her face. But she knows me and she knows my face and exactly who I am and we are. And she totally understands the problem. And I was like, I was like, um, I'm sorry again, like how mad I was. This is just really frustrating. You know the situation about it. She goes, like, don't worry. Uh, I, I I really hope that it all works out for you. I totally understand. This is not uncommon something to that degree and i was like uh that's about if it's not I was uncommon, like, that's a yeah yeah i was like i was like um i hope you get a raise because you really deserve it because people yell at you all the time and i hope that you don't experience that very often she goes yeah, yeah. well it's, it's pretty hard and i was like how oh, often do really? you experience like people like this really yeah. even worse than me but on, on an average daily you know uh like chat or like you know during the week or whatever what's what's the average and she goes i can't disclose information but, um, you know, she, she didn't really leave me on like a positive note that it was going very good for them. And no way. So this was really interesting to me because she didn't reveal anything just unethical, but she was yeah. trying to create a relationship to calm me down, which I think was the appropriate yep. method for a support specialist. So kudos yep. to Rebecca. Uh, but I know for a fact that they hate working there, too. Uh, wow. You can tell them, and I could, I would totally release the conversation if I could. It's just it's just like a big garbage like 
dump of like paragraphs of text. So it's not very useful, but uh, it, it was really, it was really interesting eye opening because then we talked about this briefly yesterday about the person behind the product and the people who support the product for the customers and the clients and the users and what they kind of go through. And that's something I think we should talk about. So ever since then, I wanted, to, I, I promised that if I saw a Zoom employee, like, you know, they have employees with like the Zoom shirts walking around. If I ever saw someone with a Zoom shirt on like a plane, I'd just kick them off the plane. And um, that's not a threat. That's a promise. And I just really hate Zoom. I hate Zoom with all my heart. But let's make this a positive learning experience, right? Because yeah. there's also experiences like we've had, and you can also share that too if you, if you want. But, you know, we had the wonderful experience with uh, Opal Support. They're amazing. They reach out, you know, after you get the thing, the, the device, they, they help you with any issue. And like I said before, uh, they actually refunded me uh, for the Opal because I was upgrading my camera and I wanted to return it. And they said, just keep it. And, you know, we're still using it, which I think is really kind of them. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it's like, how far does design go? If you think about it, mm -hmm. I think, you know, oftentimes designers are, are working at a feature level, especially in products. Like they're they only looking at this little piece of a feature, but they tend to not look at that end to end customer journey. And unfortunately, support probably falls into like, that's the thing we'll get to, but we never get to. And yeah. how can you, you know, FAQ sections are good. And whatnot, but I feel it's something that's so important. It's 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 important not to forget that behind products there are humans, and how can we make our products more human? And that simple, even like going back to Opal, not our sponsor. Love to have a sponsor, but you know, <laughs> the, uh, I I feel you know just that personal email from that individual who reaches out, talks about Opal a bit more. If there's anything, you can reach out to me directly. Like those little things, I, obviously when you're the size of Zoom, it may not be the same capacity of like that personality, Ellen, but it's these little things that I find we tend to over forget. We're stuck behind a screen all day long and we forget the human mm -hmm. behind all of these. And I think that's important to go back to that. Well, you know what? You actually made a good point because that is exactly what people said about our cohort course, right? The same thing. We were able to build a relationship with people who were taking the course and they felt more, they felt like we were actually guiding them through and holding them and it made them feel better. It made them feel special. Really, that's what, what it did because we didn't treat them like a number, just like Zoom is treating me like a number, just like other enterprises, big companies, even some small companies do the same thing because they just can't manage it. But when you talk about like companies like Opal, for example, or, or Zappos is, is a very famous one. I've never experienced support from them and or I've brought any products from them, but I hear good things about them and how they their culture allowed yeah. them to build a great support uh, system. But, you know, for Opal to reach out and have that human connection, right, that's so important. And you feel better. So let me ask you this question. What is your reaction to uh, Opal as a company now? Because you, they, they help kind of reach out and give you that extra little human touch. And they helped me uh, solve a problem and they just, you know, they were like, no hard feelings. Like, does that make you feel good? And you want to talk more about them? hundred it, percent. It, yeah. It's, it's also in a way that I would want to support them. Even if, you know, 
yeah. that didn't work out for round one, let's say hypothetically, if they were to reach out with an improved camera and improved things, I'd give it a go again because mm-hmm. they went above and beyond. And I think mm-hmm. that's the part where we tend to lose in many in outside product. But I feel in many situations, we don't go there. We forget that. Even like, like you know, like you mentioned, like what we did or what we do in, like in our courses and things like that, ensuring that we are there after the course is completed as well. We don't, it's not a white and done, whatever that's the expression, but you know what right. I mean? It's like, it's, it's being that human and being humble about it, that people may have additional things and being there for them for real. I mean, the individual you spoke to at Zoom, I'm, I'm sure she's doing her best. She's doing, she's oh, within yeah. the constraints of the company. She, yep. she did what she had to. Unfortunately, there are issues. It happens and there's no perfect product. But I think if we're able to at least have that support be very strong, I think it's this key indicator of potential success that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that people need to really consider not just having an FAQ as your support. I get it. Like if you're like a one, two person team, you can't really respond to every email. I get it. No. It's not easy. Uh, I think that a really good idea for a product, I don't even know if this exists, but a decentralized version of support. So hear me out. I think we've spoken about this before. Uh, here's a cool idea that maybe we can uh, make one of the websites out of, which we'll talk about in, in a minute. But what if like you had your customers be your support and you paid them? So you had like a tokenized um, economic model that allowed them to earn money by helping other people with the product because they've used it so much that they're actually experts in it. And you don't have to hire a whole separate team and train them. They can train, you can like give them some material to train them, but you know, for the most part, they're self-taught. It's an awesome idea, but she just gave out a great idea away. Building in public, man. That's how we're doing it. But it reminds me of, ah, what's that website? It was, it was originally built for just developers and it was like a community to run where developers would answer questions and, and not Reddit, but something, uh, I'll find the the website again. Same model, same element, but I feel the fact that- Stack you, Overflow. Stack Overflow, that's it. It's the same business model, but you tokenize it, so there's an incentive. Yeah. And people, like the top top people who recommend the most, like they're, they're gonna wanna be good because maybe they're gonna be referred. And, you know, I think there's a- an, a system that can be built into this. Yeah. And it, it's great, but it, it's like, shouldn't support just be basic? Like, can we, if we're at a point where we have to pay for stuff, even support, are we like missing something? Well, I'm actually saying that the company pays the people who are supporting the customers. So like, oh yeah, they become evangelists of the company. Ex- exactly. They become evangelists and they get paid based on like, almost like a bounty system, maybe like, oh, whoever yep. can fix this first or grab it, whatever. Yep. Uh, you know, I think that that would be a really great way to help uh, also make people money who need a job and, you know, just want to, you know, not, not really uh, uh, go to an office or anything. But I think there's a lot of opportunity there. But I also think that support, you have to have one thing that makes support so good. And that's it. You actually have to care. And working at other companies that we have before, uh, especially uh, uh Previously, I was working in like a support specialist kind of part of the company, not as a support specialist, but supporting the support specialist by building tools internally. 
they get their ass handed to them every day from customers and especially when it has to do with their money you know well, and people yeah you know. i think that's understandable though because if you're about to open a big position you're about to dump a big lump sum and something doesn't happen that person could be either losing a lot of money or being scared that that's mm-hmm. going to go into like the never ever land yeah like if if it, there's a couple things that people get funny about it's money and family and that's when you get weird responses and stuff and people have more reactive responses uh-huh. for example but if you're going to be you know in a support specialist role i feel bad because number one uh-huh. you're going to get the shit I from don't everyone oh I, I i hate it but you know especially as founders we would have to do that for a while at least for a while because we need to understand what people are saying and we need to hear it ourselves and not through a second hand yep. and have it distilled you know kind of like a like a watered down version of it we need like to make sure we're understanding the feedback and also capturing it in real time not just like at the end of a quarter which unfortunately that's what happens at bigger companies i know but let me add like what is it do we think do you think that originally everybody wants that support to be really really awesome does it once you get too big is that when you kind of lose that momentum or on like the non-capabilities of keep them not alive so you would think that because of their bigger companies they have more resources and they can dedicate that to better support which is unfortunately the contrary in, in a lot of cases at least that i've experienced and i think the reason for that is people like to systematize things they create systems out of things to become That's... efficient and here's maybe something that we should write more about and talk more about too uh the opposite of good design is not bad design. The opposite of good design, in my opinion, is efficiency. Mm-hmm. Not uh, that this good design can't, can't be efficient, but that efficiency is a core value that people try to strive for, and they actually end up making things worse. So it's like really bureaucracy in, in, in another, another sense of it, but efficiency because everyone's trying to create systems that speed things up, that allow for the answers to already be there, but then they... Ro- make it robotic. They make the solutions robotic, the care, the detail, uh, the, 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 you know, just the communication very robotic and it has a negative effect. So big companies, uh, they have like FAQ pages, whatever, everyone has that, whatever. But when you get like, you have to spit, submit a ticket, you know, there's a protocol that they have to follow. Yep. And sometimes that protocol is so rigid that they have to escalate the issue after like two weeks of trying not to, you know, they go back and forth and trying to solve it, but it doesn't happen. That, to me, is why it doesn't work. Now, I don't know what they can do to solve it yet because, you know, you and I have not actually been in that position yet where we actually have to deal with support and hire people for support Mm -hmm. yet. I know we're going to, but, we're you know, we're not at that stage yet. And that's just really hard. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Do you have any, like, suggestions for that? No, because I haven't been through it yet. So it's kinda... the only thing I can say is care. You got to care. I know, but that I feel like I kind of have a feeling that everybody does that when they start. Everybody Do they? Has... Yeah. Well, really? I think so. I think people really don't like dealing with customers. I, but it, I think too, there's <laughs> like, especially in tech, people sometimes come up with an idea to a problem, mm-hmm. but don't think of the rest. Because they're not specialized in that. They only want to fix that, either from a developer or from a designer perspective. So when they create it, they're not thinking beyond anything else, but 
finding that problem, but or you know, creating a solution to that problem. But then it scales. Then you got to think of all the other, like that marketing aspect, the like the branding, the the product itself, the UI, uh, the support. And I think oftentimes you can't, you don't think of all these elements. Okay. Well, let's uh, maybe switch gears a little bit to the, the, thing, other, the other thing. The other thing. The other uh, thing I wanted to... Which do you want to go to, to, to next? I, want, I wanted to talk about the tools. Okay. Because we'll it's something tools. that I find interesting and many people have so many different opinions on this yeah right? i'm gonna have a i no, have that, a big opinion on this <laughs> we, all have, we all have opinions and that's okay but it, i feel and i'm not gonna have a right or wrong or a pro or a con if you if you look at everything that happened when sigma got bought out is it finalized i don't know disregarding that aspect people mm. lost their marbles right and I understand because they've spent so much time creating workflows and, and components and everything else. They've spent so much time in that. And they're scared that if the other company takes it over, it's going to remove everything that they've built. Yeah. On the flip side, I get that. On the flip side, you know, being in a design for a long time or even a short time, software has changed a lot. It changes often. Right, whatever we used to do five, ten years ago is not the same software we do now. Like some are still using Adobe to design whatever, uh, like Photoshop to design what you do. Like it's okay, but I think being in this space, we're used to change. We're used to doing a lot of this, and I feel if we only get so much attached to a specific product, are we not painting ourselves in a corner? Because how we used to be so attached to Sketch, all of a sudden, Sigma came along and changed the game. Mm -hmm. Something else is going to come along and change the game again, in my opinion. So I think, are we... Okay, a puzzler. Okay. Um, the answer to the question is yes, something has already can't come along and changed the game. And I want to actually show you a little snippet of what it is. So chat GPT, for those who don't know, it's a, a AI model created by um, OpenAI, an organization that's producing these amazing, insane capabilities through AI to be very creative. Which and is scary. It can be very scary. It, you can embrace it or you can fear it. And you can fear it and embrace it at the same time. That's what I was going to say. Which, which I think is what we're going to do. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do both. So I want to read you something that I was able to get uh, chat GPT to produce. Uh, well, actually, th there's two things. Number one, I asked it, because I saw it on Twitter, I asked it to create the Mona Lisa with uh, P5JS, and no. it created a really funny-looking vector HTML, or you know, or not HTML, uh, P5JS uh, code thing. It's like really funny-looking. But, I got I, I to see. But the essence of it is is quite impressive in how it actually did it. It's funny because it didn't actually do it, but it actually knew that I wanted a person's face. And it it has the same emotion as a, as the Mona Lisa. So I'm like, all right, so it's pretty close. It's funny because it's like completely off. It doesn't look anything like it. It's just it's just like an oval with like two eyes and like a mouth. Yep. But But it did it. The other thing I did was I said, uh, and I want to share this with you, 
write a newsletter in the style of Sean Purry for the subject, what makes a great customer support experience? I also did one that said, can you write a newsletter in Justin Welsh's style to teach people how to design a better portfolio? I got to see how I I turned out. So I will say that whatever they're using, they do have some sort of structure that they've kind of come across. And it's evident that it's it's just repurposing something because the the end of it was almost identical to both of those essays. But let me read you the uh, Justin Welsh uh, design a better portfolio. I said, can you write a newsletter in Justin, Welsh, Justin Welsh's style to teach people how to design a better portfolio? GPT, uh, chat GPT responded and said, sure, here is a potential newsletter in Justin Welsh's style on how to design a better portfolio. <clears throat> hey there, are you looking to improve your portfolio and showcase your work in the best possible light? If so, you're in the right place. As a designer, your portfolio is often the first thing that a potential that potential clients and employees see or employers see so it's important to make a strong impression a well-designed portfolio can help you stand out from the competition and demonstrate your skills and abilities here are some key tips for designing a better portfolio number one and these are you know not bad i don't think they're like novel but uh number one start and this is something we say start by identifying your target audience and what they're looking for this will help you tailor your portfolio to showcase your work in the most relevant and appealing way. Number two, keep your portfolio simple and easy to navigate. Avoid clutter and unnecessary elements that could distract from your work. Number three, choose a clean, modern design that reflects your personal style and type of work you do. Number four, use high quality images to showcase your work. Consider using professional photography or retouching to make your portfolio images look their best. Number five, include a mix of different types of work in your portfolio, including projects that demonstrate your range and versatility as a designer. And last but not least, number six, don't be afraid to experiment and try new things with your portfolio design. Keep an open mind and be willing to make changes as needed. By following these tips, you can create a portfolio that effectively showcases your work and helps you stand out from the crowd. So why not get started today and take the first steps towards building a better portfolio? best justin welsh i hope this helps let me know if you have any other questions <laughs> uh, i don't know yeah like i like it doesn't sound like him it doesn't it sound listen. like him and i'll tell you I'll, I'll show you the end of the other one i wrote i had it right that was spit out in yeah. there is pretty much generic of what you're gonna find if you Google any of this. Well, let, let me just read the last okay. sentence of the, or last two sentences of the other essay so that you can see the, how similar they are. So if the one, the other one was um, write a newsletter in, in, the, in the style of Sean Perry from the My First Million podcast for the subject, what, what makes a great customer support experience? And it did the same exact format. It said like a little introduction, follow these tips, and then it had the, the tips. And then it yep. said at the end, by focusing on these three factors, you can improve your overall quality of your customer support experience and provide a better experience for your customers. That doesn't make any sense because it's the same same thing. So keep in uh, keep these in mind as you work on providing customer support and see how they can help you deliver a truly great experience. Best, Sean Purry. So it has a format. Like I said when I was introducing it, it has some sort of format it's using. It's not truly using the same language uh, I think it might also be because 
they toned down chat gpt from having like uh abusive language or, or like yeah. um you know rated r language yep uh so that's probably part of it why it doesn't sound just like everyone because they had to re- pull it back a little bit. I would love for it to be full on, like crank it all the way up to max level 10. But it could also uh, be that yeah. it's currently learning. It's currently adapting and learning and it's going to potentially get there. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's on its know, way. But you know what I mean? It's like maybe if we ask the same question in three months, it's going to be closer to what our expectation would be. Well, from what I was, from what I was told... I'm not yeah. sure if this is true. Chat GPT is actually GPT 3.5. So it's like in the middle of being GPT 4 and, th- and 3. Yeah. And they're using it as a, as they're training the AI right now so that, that GPT 4 will be amazing. That's what I was told. Um, Scary. But I could be wrong. That could be completely inaccurate information. So don't use me as a source. But uh, I think it's, it's um, it goes a lot with our topic of tools. So why don't you uh, kind of maybe riff on do you think that that is something that is going to affect like us designers? Because like you know we're writing newsletters and doing a podcast. This could all eventually be AI generating the podcast, generating the newsletter, um, you know, generating the content, generating the courses. It's coming. It's it's coming up soon. So like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's it's going to get hard. I was reading who, I forget who I was reading up on Twitter, but they were talking about this aspect. And I think it's going to become hard to differentiate yourself from others. Like if you want to standing out, because... Isn't it already hard? It it already is, but you can kind of feel the tone of voice in a lot of people. I think people are going to start using this AI thing to create content as much as they can. And yeah. that, that's going to start resembling the same thing. So it's going to become even more important to be really like on point with what you're mm-hmm. saying and like having your tone of voice. In terms of design, I think it's going to it's gonna start off as being sort of like a right-hand man at one point where it's going to help you yeah. design some things. It's going to help, I think, people have an idea to mm-hmm. generate an outcome and an output to help them speed up a potential idea, right? Like we can go and design it. Somebody that may not be able to design or doesn't have the chops may not require to hire somebody who's going to be able to use that. True. Is it going to fully replace that right away? Nope. No, no. I think it won't right away. I think there's, and it, I think it, I kind of feel at one point we're going to go back and have like that pure abs, abstract of things where AI is going to be good, but it's never going to be Never ours is a big word, but I feel like it won't it won't be the same as a purist, right? Somebody that has that touch. And I wonder, this is more of a, a wonder. I wonder if it's gonna get to that point one day where it's like the people that are still good at drawing, yeah. people that are still good, that you can feel like that human perception behind it. Is that gonna be the change? Because people are the like or the other people that are really good with the software, I think they're gonna use AI to help them in the way and they're gonna work with it and not against it. Augmented. Augmented, augmented intelligence exactly yeah. so i think we're that's we're going to need to do that i think there's going to be a movement or a momentum shift that there's going to be people that work with it and people that are totally against it and they're yep. purists it's it's going to almost like are like people are going to want the purest side of things are they like obviously well they're going to be outnumbered by the ai 
I kind of see pot- a potential for both. Your take? I think you're absolutely right in in the sense that it's going to be slowly but surely towards one direction where it's going to start out by being you know kind of stupid which it is and then it gets kind of good where it can help augment our work but then i do think that it's going to replace a lot of our roles um because you know like for example illustration out the door right like that's already being taken over much sooner than i think anyone thought uh ai can now create imagery that is fictional completely fictional on its own in whatever style you, d- you desire and include whatever you want anything and it only takes 15 20 seconds like i know yeah that that role is now i wonder what what illustrators think because i'm not an illustrator but like if i saw a machine do the exact same thing i did if not better because i'm not a good illustrator i would be shaking in my boots but if an illustrator goes, oh, wait, now I can make more illustrations faster? Oh, hell yeah. I think that they would take advantage of that, but then they're not really illustrating. They're like operators of illustrations. So all of our roles are going to change uh, very soon from being creative. Uh, I think someone said this, like, uh, you know, not, not really creating the ideas. Sorry, not really executing the ideas, but really creating them and yes. letting the machines take care of the rest. But... I wonder, you know, we have now really great models that create great um, language outputs, so like our, our text outputs. We have now models that are really great at creating images that are getting better at drawing hands and feet than any human can, because I know that's like really hard to do. I do try to do that; it's not easy. Uh, but right now, they're pretty bad. They're going to get better though. So I wonder then an idea that I had, and I, I spoke to many people uh, at IBM about. And everyone actually doubted this idea, which I was very surprised about. I talked to a lot of the experts, and they they told me, you can't use AI integrated into a design system to build products. You can't do that. But I really think you can. And I think that what could happen is a tool, another tool we can maybe do, is it's a tool that lets you produce a number of options to choose from right? As a, a, a vast understanding of interfaces, mm-hmm. it can go through a whole bunch of compositions, understand what composition might convert the best, and then prioritize the elements based on what the user's needs are. So if the user needs to search for something, maybe that element gets raised higher up on the screen than, say, the filtering mechanism or something like that. So, And I think like if you think of a system's point of view, you could almost like A-B test live mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. Thousands of people right there right yeah. now, yeah. Or ideas. I I I, un, I think too that systems are going to be able to be utilized through AI. Uh, if you think of if if it's pulling from a series of pre-built components, I don't see why it could not, because mm-hmm. it's going to analyze other products and it's going to mimic a lot of different things. It's going to learn. It's going to adapt. I feel like that's what Diagram is working on. You know that plugin Diagram that that it, team. Uh, I think that's what they're working on, a tool that lets you plug into a design system and, and output, like a you type it in and it just produces it. But like, how much easier would that be than fiddling with Figma auto layout? <laughs> well, yeah, even systems, I mean. Actually, like, I'm not sure AI can handle auto layout in Figma. Sorry, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> yeah, but even beyond, beyond that, it's like how many people use a system wrong or how many people 
can't even use the right component in the right place. Uh, well, honestly, too many. Too, that, and the answer is too many. I, I think you and I both know that. But I do think that, you know, it it's going to come a time where we don't really need to know anything. We just need to know. Well, I guess we really don't really need to know anything. We'll just be able to produce ideas and just let machine decide for us in some cases. I think that's kind of scary, though, because you're letting machines make decisions that humans used to do every day, every minute, every second. And with, you know, Neuralink, Elon Musk's like, you know, matrix plugged to the back of your head, plus AI stuff, plus, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're going towards a, a pretty scary dystopian era, which I hope that we're prepared to put up against, uh, put up a fight, a fight against, because it's not going to be easy to let go of being human. And it sounds like we're just going to become robots. We're going to, that, that's honestly what it sounds like, to be honest. Some, some like that. They, that some do. I don't like, well, not, some people not, are like already robots. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> they're they're like, plugged into the matrix very deeply. Exactly. People sometimes, most people don't actually have original ideas. They don't think. They don't think. They just listen to what others are saying. They copy it because they don't want to feel bad. They don't want to, they want to feel virtuous. They want to feel like they're, you know, a part of the good part of history, whatever you call it, the good side of history, mm -hmm. which I think is ridiculous. Um, but, you know, you should do it because it's a good thing. You should do it because it's right. And, you know, I, so is I, it, is yeah. it going to take away from creativity almost, right? Well, because I think it's it, going to go further than that. I think it's going to take away people's rights. I know. That, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We won't but... go down that rabbit hole. But for creativity, yeah, it's going to, I think it's going to un unlock a new type of creativity. Like you're going to be able to think of new things because right now you're limited towards what you can actually create. You can tell people your ideas. But now they have children's yeah. stories being produced in real time uh, with AI. So like as you write the children's story, it produces the imagery next to it, which is beautiful. And that shows you how fast it can kind of be you know, made. Imagine if you had a product idea that would solve a problem like, and you had a 3D printer that could print whatever you were you know, giving the model of. So that, like, the AI can produce a model of like a prosthetic uh, foot or, or, or hand or something. And you, know, you can say it. And then the 3D printer will, you know, print that and then it's already built. Like that's, that's really cool. That's a really cool future to live in. How, how far can that be pushed and, and, you know, what will be allowed to be created and what's illegal and what's not? That's a whole different ethics discussion that I don't think we want to get into this podcast, but hey, just wanted to take a break to let you know about something Pascal and I are working on. We're hosting a free live cohort course on how to design a winning portfolio for creatives and user-centric practitioners. That could be you, maybe you, someone you know. Sign up on Maven by clicking the link in the description. And now, back to the pod. Why don't we take this time to switch gears to our other thing. The framework competition. The framework competition. So, uh, actually, I didn't have time to write rules, so I was thinking, oh, better yeah. yet, we'll do it on the podcast. Okay, let's go. So, for those who are listening... Or watching. I don't know if this is video yet. Uh, Pascal and I want to learn Framer. We want to get better at Framer. And eventually we want to launch a course on how to teach. Uh, basically a course on how to, how to build and design. And, and launch wonderful, beautiful landing pages, websites, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We want to create better web design. And raise the, the standard for people creating such things. And 
I think both of us need to get better at that too. But I think that a really cool opportunity for us would be to launch fake ideas into the world using Framer and see what people think. But each idea we can compete on making the website for. So we can pick a topic and then we'll compete on who can make the best website for that, best landing page for that, and then have people vote. And then the winning vote, you know, that's that's the one that gets put up, whatever. So there's a couple of ideas that I had in mind, and I'm sure you've been thinking about some yourself. And if not, you know, no worries. There's plenty of ideas to build. But, uh, and especially due to recent events in, in, in my experience with software. So I think that we have an opportunity to kind of create and have fun with this. Yeah. And so here are the rules of the game. All right. So number one, you're making it up right now. I'm making it up on the spot and, and feel free to add your own rules too. Fantastic. So, so let's have, let's have some rules. So number one, yeah. we have, I guess time frame should be a week just because we're so busy. So in our spare time, come up with a website in a week and at the end of the week, we'll, we'll discuss, right? So we'll, we'll maybe change that time frame, but for now it's a week. Uh, number Finding two. Landing yeah. page oh. or only a landing page? Number two, uh, the subject is to create a landing page. All right, so not building a full-fledged application, just a landing page. And you can mock up the web, like the, the application in the landing page, but you have to use two tools only, Framer and Figma. That's rule number three. You can only use those two tools. You can't use anything else. Yeah. So... That way, well, you you can use imagery and, and assets from other places. Oh, sorry. Let me add a third tool because I mentioned it today. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spline. I don't have time to learn. You don't one. need to learn it. It's easy. I don't know how to use it either. It's easy. You don't have to do it, but then make a kick-ass website without it. I know, so, but you're, you're going to use it because you mentioned it. I got to go and learn it. Because I have a really good idea in mind. Oh, so, so just ask the AI to do it, man. I should. <laughs> I'll pay. I'll pay a young kid to just go ahead and do it. Okay, fine. That works. You're allowed to pay off. <laughs> no, we can't. That's, we can't. We can't. No, no, no. We can't do that. So, so, so. Uh, rule number three is you can use three tools. Okay. Um, Framer. Yep. Figma and Spline, but it has to be viewable in Framer. Okay. Uh, number four, you can use whatever other assets you want in it so you can use like assets from uh like you know images or like 3d models that have already been produced or you can use you know mock-ups or whatever um that's four rules and what else is there any other rules you want to add i think that's makes, a lot already i think that's a lot okay um okay so so what are the stakes like let's make it interesting what are the stakes okay best three out of four best two out of three Three out of four. Yeah, three out of four. I mean, we also can make little prizes for each winning instead. No. What do we really want to... Okay, we need bragging rights or one for sure. Okay. Uh, what could be interesting as a prize? Okay, so I'll, I'll, maybe I'll say I'll say one prize. Okay, number, number one, the first prize is Here. you get you get the bragging rights of being the best web designer of the two of us. I already am. Uh, we'll see about that. Okay. Uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> so whoever wins the last round will get 
that. So if I win the first one, then I get it. And then if you win the second one, then you'll get the, the trophy. So you it kind of went back and forth. T-shirt? I don't know. I'm just making it up. You need something. It's lame. Um, I know. Let's see. Okay. We need something about, funny. Okay. Well, something funny or something yeah. serious? Either or. Because I was going to say, if you win best three out of four, I will buy you a piece of equipment for your office, your studio, whatever you would build. Up to a certain amount, though. Up to a certain amount. We don't want to go too wild. L- less than 500. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. So the winner gets a, a purchase of something 500 or less uh, if they win three out of four from the other loser. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, do we go for... I wish we got like a sponsor. They can sponsor us a product. <laughs> Opal, come in with Opal too. <laughs> we can ask and we can we can ask the products we wish... Uh, that could do that. Um, what products? Do we want to pick the products now? Or like the fake products now? Or not? Uh, yeah, so I have a list of, of products that we can create. Oh, look at you. Come prepared. Oh, I'm always prepared, my friend. So, uh, number one. So, I'm, I'm going to write them down so that I don't forget the order of them. And also, I don't forget and restate another one that I've already said. So, a oh. couple of things. So, uh, I bought fuckzoom.com. So I was thinking one tool, one landing page we can create, one mock one mock product could be a Zoom competitor that's local only. And by local only, I mean it stores the the stuff to the to, for, to your device so uh, you have an external hard drive, whatever, and uh, you can store it there because number one, it's private, it's yours, it's yours. It's not like on someone else's cloud that can kick you off whenever, but you, basically it's for podcasting. So it's a tool that's a Mac app. It sits on your computer and stores the files to your computer, but it records high quality uh, video and audio, higher okay. quality and than, than whatever compression and crap that Zoom and the internet use, <laughs> the rest of the internet tools you use. Because I'm tired of using these web apps. I, I want like a native, functional, awesome thing. So that was one thing. So uh, Zoom local client. We'll call it something different. And then the, the winner will, will, will get it put on uh, fuckzoom.com. That's awesome. Uh, then so, we need a sign-up letter too. But and then we'll sign, a lot of people sign up for that too. No logos, no nothing though. Let's not Correct. spend more time. Correct. Already. Uh, yeah, you can just use whatever text you want. And if you want to add that, go for it. No. It's a nice touch. No, but... no, 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 no. <laughs> a week is, is already short. <laughs> Well, do what you can in the week and make it awesome. Number two, uh, someone tweeted out something and they said they wish they had it for Figma. And it was a uh, keyboard, like a little like pad that had just a couple of keys on it for shortcuts. So I was thinking for Framer and Figma, uh, like a design tool, keyboard shortcut, little pad. So it's just like your keyboard, maybe just like the number keypad, but... The keypad is dedicated toward design shortcuts. So yep. I'll call it designer uh, keypad shortcuts. Now we're going to need to get into 4D modeling and, and all that with that. Well, you don't. So I was actually going to not even do 3D modeling for that. But now that you say it, I'm just kidding. I, I had an idea of what to do for it with 3D modeling. But 
I was actually going to render it originally in Figma because I can do, and maybe that's a course that we re release, how yeah. to render things realistically in uh, Figma, uh, in, in, in Photoshop, whatever it yep. is, because um, I have a really good good uh, styling for that, whatever, good good eye, eye for that. Yeah. As I've been told. So uh, those are two ideas. Yep. Do you want to throw any ideas into the pot? I don't have any ideas right now. You don't have any ideas? Okay. We talked about the ones from yesterday. Yeah. There was the, uh, what else was there? Let's do the customer service one. The tokenized okay. customer Cool. I like that one. Because I think that could be a real, that could also be something real. Yeah. So we have a, so let's back up. We have a piece of software. We have a physical hardware. And we have essentially like, like a, like a, like a SaaS, SaaS. Like a social network almost. Now we uh, need something else. Want something else? Okay. Yeah, we said three out of four, so we need four. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Okay. Let's uh, let's, yeah. let's figure out. Oh no, because that could be the one. The, the coins, not something. Well, it has to be out of five because if you win one, and I win one, and then I win one, and then you win the last one, <laughs> it's it's tied. Okay. Five. Th okay. Five. We can come up with more later, but that I think those are three that we can talk about at least on on here. Uh, but. Let's start with those three. See best two out of three first, and then you know if it, it goes well, then we'll keep doing it. Okay, let's do that. So, cool. I love that. That's going to be so much fun. Um, I think we should start. Probably, do you want to do after Christmas? No, because you're going to start designing it before. No, no, no. I won't start designing. It. I'll, I'll start learning how to use the tools, but I won't start designing it. Okay. Let's okay. do that. Okay. I'll cool. need to go and download some YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So there's that. Uh, what's, le what's left on the list? So that was it. That was it? Just those, those two topics? Two or three topics, actually? Yeah. Okay, cool. Sweet. Well, then, let's wrap up. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, Pascal. Thanks to you, man.